I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill. I'm Steve. And we are the Guard Dogs Guarding the Grace. Yep, we are the Guardians of Grace podcast, and we thank you for tuning in to us. It means more to us than you can ever imagine, because we always have so much to let out, man, so much rev. It just keeps coming and coming and coming, and you want to let it out. You just... And you guys, you're you're the avenue that we let it out on. So we need you so much. And we thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. Without you, we don't have a purpose to podcast. We just talk among ourselves. We just, you help us because what's inside of us just burns to come out. Burns, that's a good way to put it. It truly is a new and living way. One of the verses that we bring up a lot is Paul saying his teaching was what? A way of life in Christ that he taught in every place in every church. church. In Luke 17 21 it's talking about the kingdom of God because the disciples were always saying when are you bringing the kingdom? And man, if you turn on Christian radio, that's the predominant theme now is God coming to set up his kingdom here on earth, coming to rule and reign and kick butt. And, mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and all at the end of time. At the end of time, then he's going to put away sin and lawlessness. You think about it. What would that look like? What would that picture look like? Well, it would look like this. Everyone would be in jail because no one could keep the old covenant. That was the whole purpose. God found fault with the first covenant because he found fault with the people. So if he finds fault with the people when he comes back and establishes a same covenant, then he's going to find fault with the people and he's either going to have to kill them or put them in prison. I see your logic. Is that something you would look forward to? No. They've got us looking forward to the kingdom coming when there are so many scriptures and so many things that the kingdom has come. That the kingdom has come. The kingdom is within you. And nobody's talking about that. The kingdom within you. it, It is. It is mentioned. But it's not something that should be part of our Christian life 101. Here's what Jesus said verbatim. He said, when the kingdom comes, he was telling this to his disciples, 
and he says, neither, I'm reading from a paraphrased Greek, neither shall they say, lo, here it is, or lo, there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And the, the word for within you is actually inside of you. It means inside of you. If you look it up, it, it actually means the kingdom of God is inside you. So what does that mean that Jesus was describing? What was he trying to tell us when he said the kingdom of God is inside of you? I say we go to maybe John 17. Sure. And if we could read this thought that Jesus has. For the disciples. Yes. Okay. And we'll go there. And maybe while we're going there, we'll allude to Romans fourteen seventeen. Think, yes. I believe it is the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking or various ceremonial laws, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it goes on to say, anyone who serves God in this way, serves in this way, is pleasing to God and pleasing to the people people around you. Right there, Paul defined what Jesus was talking about when he said the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God, there's a sense in which the kingdom of God is three sensations. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness being the opposite of shame. Peace, the opposite of anxiety. And joy is bliss, is is joy. We're supposed to feel those sensations. And when we feel those sensations... We know that we are in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus says. You have entered the kingdom of God. Remember the times that he said you're entering the kingdom? We are in the kingdom of God when we are experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are in the kingdom of God. We are experiencing heaven on earth in that so much of what Jesus came from heaven to earth to tell us about. It's actually the point the, the point he was supposed to make is, I came to preach the kingdom of God. And so much of this kingdom is here on earth now and has always been on earth. And so many illustrations that Jesus made about this kingdom, which is already here and here on earth and inside you, that there's just too many to count. They're, they're virtually all, nothing is about off in the third heaven. There's not one no. single kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven verse that is talking about off in the third heaven. They're all. Yeah, you need to change your mind about that. Right out of the box, first thing Jesus said, first item on the agenda was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes. Or is near. Repent is not the word we think. It's metanoia. And it it literally means to think with God. To think God's thoughts. Think what I think is or think what God thinks is really what repent means. Change your mind. 
metamorphosis of the mind. Yeah, metamorphosis of the mind. Metanoia. Yes. Change what you know, meaning stop thinking that the kingdom is far away in time or space. Jesus is saying, change your mind about that. Think what I'm thinking. Think with me. The kingdom of God is at hand. Be teachable. And later he says in Luke 17, 21, neither shall they say, lo, here it is, speaking about the kingdom of God, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And that word, we just looked up the definition. It's literally the kingdom of God is inside of you. And that's what Jesus, when you go to John 17, and he's wrapping up the... uh, What's that word? Upper room discourse? Upper room room discourse. Mm -hmm. Where are we going to go? I get excited, so I lost my place. Yeah, yeah, we were going to go to John 17, but keep going with what you were saying, Bill. I'm there. Tell me where to read if you want. Let's read starting in verse 1. Okay. Continuity. Okay. Then Jesus spoke, lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. Even as you gave him authority, him being Jesus, over all mankind, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life that they may experience the only true God and Jesus whom thou hast sent. Let me say that again. This is eternal life. For one, John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke say kingdom of God. John uses the same idea by saying eternal life. And he says, this is the eternal life or the kingdom of God that they may experience the only true God in Jesus whom you have sent. So the, wow. the eternal life is knowing, you said experiencing, isn't it the word knowing though? It, it's written in our English versions as knowing, but it's so more than what we think yeah, is knowing. Yeah, we've got to break this down a little bit so that people know <laughs> what For we're you, talking about. Uh, we have any King James only people out there? Yes. Look up Genesis where it says Adam knew, knew Eve, Eve and Eve. they bore a son. Yeah. Sounds like knowing is experiencing. Yes. Adam experienced Eve. They became one flesh. That's the idea in which God is saying, you'll know me. You'll become one flesh with me and you'll experience me. Same with, I think it was Abraham and Sarah that said the same thing, that Abraham experienced Sarah and they had a son. And so knowing is a big word And it is the key to understanding the new covenant. It sure is. If you can take knowing with this mindset, 
what this word picture that knowing is saying and understand it as literally experiencing God when you're reading the New Testament you'll see that that word knowing is there all the time but it'll bring greater meaning to it when you see it it does and it's really what the new covenant is all about what john what jesus said in john 17 in that day you will know experience that i'm in you and you are on me did you get that in that day you'll know that i am in you and you are in me meaning in my power you are using my power not your power so what day is he talking about some 2,000 years from when he said that? Uh, No. 50 days later. 50 days later. In other words, Pentecost. Pentecost. In other words, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll begin to experience me. And that is the essence of the New Covenant. The New Covenant is not the 2.0 version of the Old Covenant. In fact, doesn't isn't there two different words for new? Yeah, yeah, you, you know more about it than I do. But let's, let's in context, do you happen to know, <laughs> <laughs> to see Hebrews 8.8? 8? Yeah, I can go there. Go ahead and keep talking, I'll, I'll get us there. One, it's easy to remember because 8 is the word for new, and it's actually 8.8, 8, new, new. But Hebrews 8, 8. Yes. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second or a new. But finding fault with the people, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Okay, so we have the word new, right? A new covenant. There's two Greek words for new, and there's about 25 of them of each in the New Testament. Kainos means new, and it's especially in freshness. Neos means new, as in an earlier version of, of the same thing. One that everyone knows is when Jesus was talking to Peter, he said, when you were young, it's the word neos. When you were youthful, you walked around and did as you please. But when you're older, someone will lead you by the hand. Remember right. Jesus saying that to him. Yes. So yes. new there is means like... A, an earlier Young version. Yeah. yeah, younger version. But it's still Peter. Right. Same guy, younger version. Right. Kairos, on Kairo, the Kairos, on the other hand, means new, especially in freshness. It, it's a new in terms of... A Brand nothing, new, nothing like it. Yeah. Totally new concept. Yeah. So the new, co- the new covenant is not... The old covenant with the latest turbocharged. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be any good no. for us. Uh-uh. It, it seems like it is 
the the old covenant turbocharged when I hear watch the TV and everything. Paul goes off on this in Second Corinthians three. He talks about the old covenant was written engraved in tablets of stone, he but called the new it the covenant of death or the covenant of condemnation. Yeah, I'm glad we got a new one. Yes, but he said the new covenant will be written on tablets of humans' hearts. Doesn't that mean the same thing as I will be in you, and that day you will know that I am in you? And I will write my laws on your hearts, he says. I will be in you and write my laws on your hearts because he's giving us a new heart, the heart of the new man. You can follow that thread through the Bible and you see where David says, create in me a new heart. And Paul, God says, I will give you a new heart. And then in the New Testament, love people from the new heart, the pure heart, not, not the corrupted heart, but the pure heart. And on it goes, it, it tells you that God created a new heart for the new covenant. For the new covenant. And this new covenant is what Paul calls a way of life in Christ. That yes. he taught in every place in every church. Everywhere. The way of life in Christ is exactly what Jesus said. You'll, in that day, you'll know that I am in you. Yes. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Is the new and living way. Yes. It is the way of life in Christ. And it is the spirit prompting you and leading you. Just like we read in Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is not observing various ceremonial laws, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And anyone that serves in this way is pleasing to God and pleasing to the people around you. So this is definitely a covenant we want to be part of. It's a new covenant. Imagine that we can actually please the people around us. That's, that's all I've ever tried to do all my life is just be pleasing and get along with the people around me. And it's, if, if you take like the law, one of the big ones is you shall not commit adultery. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, we know what that means, but from God's point of view in the new covenant, it means when you're faithful, you don't commit adultery. What we get out of it is the Holy Spirit is in us and we see that God is faithful. So God does, no one gives a, a law that they don't, God does not give a law that he doesn't keep. But the reason he said do not commit adultery was to show his faithfulness and demonstrate your unfaithfulness in your own human effort. Yes. So we get hung up on the how far is when I was dating and stuff, you know, how what what's the line on Yeah, yeah. And yeah. see that that's going back to the letter. It's not living in a new and living way. No. But I'll, I'll tell you in, in a practical way. My wife and I some time ago we said let's start every day praying and it was kind of hard at first but then later it became sort of a habit and then after it became a habit it became a sort of a way of life a dependency 
a dependency. And then when it became a way of life, it became a character in me and my wife that you just mentioned. I became a dependent on the spirit person. Yes. And I became very aware of, on that day, of knowing that he's in me and he's able to do for me what I can't do for myself. Now, that is completely different from me making a resolution that I would live up to the righteous requirements of the law. So different. It took a mindset for me to begin a habit. The habit became a way of life, and the way of life became a character in both Ramona and I, and it became a way of life in Christ. And so we pretty much live every day depending on the Spirit. And when I'm not depending on the Spirit, I lack the righteousness, peace, and joy. I was just going to ask you, how's that working out for you, depending on the Spirit? When I'm depending on the Spirit, (laughs) I don't have the anxiety. I have peace. I'm not frustrated. I have joy. And I have righteousness. Righteousness is another word for faithfulness when you get down to it. It is. Righteousness means is covenant related. Mm -hmm. It means obeying the covenant. Yeah, keeping your end of the covenant. covenant. Which was the problem with the first covenant, our inability to keep it. Yes. But the covenant with Abraham was so cool because Abraham didn't participate in it. He was asleep, asleep, sort of in a trance, and he, he saw what was going on, but he played no part in it whatsoever. And it was God swearing by himself, by two unchangeable things, which it's impossible to die for God to lie, we would have great hope, great encouragement, and we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, sure and steadfast, it enters beyond the veil. What's beyond the veil? The presence of God. Didn't Jesus say, in that day you'll know that I'm in you and you are me? Well, that sounds like the presence of God God is with us. And that's what the new covenant is. The old covenant was trying to get the presence of God to come to you, trying to get the kingdom to come to you. Trying to get Get, the presence of God to be happy with you. And that's, yes, trying so you're not ashamed to be in the presence of God. Yes. Did we get to uh, Hebrews 8.8? I read it. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah not like the covenant which I made with their fathers. So that word new is definitely the kainos. New, completely different. Completely. I I think that's the first major point you have to have established, is the new covenant is not like the old covenant. Old covenant 2.0, just tweaked up old covenant, would mentality yeah wouldn't fall under this definition of new it would fall under the definition of neos which would be youthful yeah same covenant just newer version of it yeah well we didn't get a newer version of the old covenant we got a a completely different new in difference new in character new in every way essence of it yeah yeah covenant and that 
new covenant is really what guard dog Steve and I get up and get excited about showing up in front of these microphones to talk about. Yes, because we do. Yes, we do. It does float my boat. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a covenant we can thrive under. And even more than just thriving, it's, it's amazing to see your heart being transformed, you know, thinking about things a different way. Yes. Like I mentioned, all the the righteous requirements of the old covenant will be fully met in us who walk not after the human nature, but walk after the Spirit's power. And that's Romans 8, 4. 4. Now, Romans 8, 4 comes right after Paul's struggle with the Old Covenant. Yes. Romans 7 is Paul under the Old Covenant. And what was the conclusion? Oh, wretched man that I am, who will separate me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see one of the greatest people under the Old Covenant, according to Philippians 3, was Paul, but he failed miserably under the Old Covenant. The best. He was the best of the best. The best of the best, up there with John the Baptist. As far as legalistic righteousness, I was found faultless, Faultless. he said. He kept it. Yes. But he he cried out for a new covenant, someone to rescue him, didn't he? He said, save me from this covenant is really what he's saying. He wanted a new covenant. Yes. Not the old one, the latest version of the old covenant. No, he did not want to add leaven, bring across the leaven of the old covenant, wanted it to be a new covenant, not full of little practice of the old covenant some old covenant and some new covenant but just an entirely new covenant which is what we have if people will just talk about it yeah and it's not even a watered down version of the old no covenant it is new it's a, a new covenant where we have the spirit of god in us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves and we give that spirit in us that's doing for us what we can't do for ourselves the credit it deserves for doing it through us we glorify God for that and that stores us up treasures in heaven because what we don't glorify God for burns under the new covenant those are like the rules of the new covenant that's why james can say speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom speak and act as those who will be judged by the new covenant paul said to to those who are without law i'm like one without law although i myself am under the law of christ meaning I speak and act as those who will be judged by the law of Christ. I give glory to God. And you'll never see anywhere in one epistle where Paul didn't give glory to God. He never took glory for himself. He always said, it's all God 
not me. That is speaking and acting as those who will be judged by the law of Christ, the new covenant. It's an entirely new covenant. We don't have to worry about the 614 commands. We don't have to worry about pleasing our neighbors and the people around us because God will do it through us. We just give him the credit and that stores us up even treasures in heaven. It's a a cool covenant. Even the law of Christ is literally, it's not a legal, legal law. It's a principle law. It's a consistent principle called a way of life in Christ. Yes. And it's consistently pleasing to God and pleasing to the people around you. Yes. Consistently. Yes. Let's look at what Paul said about this new covenant that Ezekiel and Jeremiah talked about. Not Paul, the writer of Hebrews, I'm sorry. He said, he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second one. But finding fault with the people, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers. Different. On the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant and did not care for, and I did not care for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds, in their hearts, I will write them upon their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people and they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me. They shall not teach people how to say experience the Lord for they shall all experience me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their iniquities and I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. When the Spirit's not expressing itself through you, your behavior is not counted against you. Let me say that again. When the Spirit is not expressing itself through you, that behavior that you're left with, trying as hard as you can, is not held against you in the new covenant. That's the no condemnation. That's the no condemnation. So he says, this new covenant, I will put my laws in them and I will make them obey my statutes. And when you go back to where Ezekiel and Jeremiah said these things, it says, I will put my spirit within them. As a matter of fact, let me just read it straight out of 
Ezekiel 36, say 26 in following. God says, in this new covenant, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. What does that word new mean? It means new. I will remove the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Isn't that exactly what it says? All the requirements of those statutes will be fully met by us who do not walk according to human effort, but walk according to the Spirit's power. He says, I will be the source of walking in those statutes. I will cause you to walk in those statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances because of my spirit within you. And you will live in the land that I gave your forefathers and you will be my people and I will be your God and get a load of this. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will save you from being unclean. In other words, I will save you from yourself. Your righteousness is a filthy rag. I will save you from all your righteousness. I will save you from your human inability to please everybody around you. I will save the day and you will please the people around you. You will please the boss, the wife, anybody that you need to please. I will save you from that failure by my spirit. That's why we should rely on it. That's why Paul said, who will rescue me? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ who saved him from himself. This is the new covenant. The worse we're doing, the more we come to God and say, hey, I need more of you. I need more of your power. Save me, God. Just right in the middle of the sentence that you, you started the sentence wrong, just to yourself say, save me, God, and get the sentence right. So let me get this straight. The kingdom within you, the spirit within you, I will be in you. I will write their laws, my laws in their hearts and on their minds. Mm -hmm. And cause them. Is all the same thing? Yes. Uh, all a, a way of saying a new covenant? Yes. It's all him putting the new stuff in us. Were any of new... those things part of the old covenant? They were not. So it really is new in not a old covenant 2.0. Try harder. It's make it obsolete? Yes. Does it say that anywhere? Yes, it does. By calling this one new, he's made the old one what? Obsolete. If you're living by an obsolete covenant, yes, I would highly recommend you... Switching. <laughs> try the new one. Try the new one. It reminds me of the... I think it was like 98... 1998 or so. Remember when they switched from analog TVs to digital? Yes. And they had that date. On this date, if you have an analog TV, it won't work. It won't work. For this new covenant to work, he had to give you a new heart. Give up the analog covenant. Give up the analog covenant. It's incompatible with the new covenant. 
because the human nature is incompatible with the spirit. It says the law is spiritual, but I am of a human nature sold into bondage to sin. Romans seven eleven, I believe. The law He's is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. Yes, I'm incompatible with this with this thing called the law. I can't do it. So I will rely on the Spirit of God and I will give the Spirit of God credit because that's the gist of the new covenant. Amen. That is so awesome. And it's so important to see that waiting for the kingdom to come, it's here. It's here. Just what Jesus said, repent of, change your mind about. Start. That's, that's why I hate that word, repent. Mm-hmm. Um, because it it has this different meaning. You just mentioned a while ago that their sins and lawless deeds I'll remember no more. And somehow we've turned repent into remembering your sins and lawless de- deeds. Not only remem- remember them, confess them 85 times and get forgiven of, about them. Yes. That's part of the old, that's an old covenant dynamic. Yes. And he's saying, change your mind, start thinking the kingdom of God is not out somewhere the new the kingdom of god is within you the new covenant is within you that's repenting say to yourself the the kingdom of god is within me and you've just repented from your own human effort you've just changed your mind yes you're thinking with god right you're thinking his thoughts yes which is part of the new covenant too i will right Instead of repentant, repenting mean repentance. Repenting mean try a, the same thing again, just try it harder. What do they say the definition of insanity is? Trying the same thing, expecting a different result. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Re- repentance is not a Greek word. It's a Latin word. Right. And it got its prominence in the Catholic Church, and it literally means to do penance over and over again. Beat yourself to whatever you got to do to do it is what made Martin Luther go almost insane, leave the Catholic Church, not picking on the Catholic Church, but he tried to repent so hard, walking up the stairs on his knees and just torturing himself. And it was all because of this idea of repentance. And he had this revelation, the just shall live by his faithfulness. Now that was repentance there. That was a change of mind. Then he repented. Yes. Yes. He said, the ones declared righteous shall continue to live by the faithfulness of God. Yes. That's what the new covenant is. Depending on the faithfulness of Christ. But trying harder is not really repentance. Repentance is you've got to change your mind and let God be God. Changing your mind about which covenant you're under. Exactly. Exactly. So we want everybody to repent. Yeah. We want them to metanoia. Yes. Change your mind. Yes, we do. We do. And that's what we hope. That's why we at Guardians of Grace hammer these points to just try and make them so clear because we're trying to get you to have deep roots, to get rooted in the idea. It's one thing to be 
have the seed thrown on rocky ground where the wind just blows it away, you don't get it. But to get your roots into the ground so you are no longer like infants tossed back and forth by the waves and every wind of doctrine and the cunningness and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming instead you will speak the truth in love and in all things we will grow up into him who is the head even Christ whose whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work amen brother amen remember when we had to memorize all that stuff (laughs) didn't know why those were the days yeah but it sure was beneficial those are things that were just planted in our heart and they become a way of life in Christ. It, it's awesome to see that. Not knowing why we were memorizing them. I remember both of us used to just drive around in our pool trucks and it's like, how are you doing on Ephesians? Oh, I memorize one through, chapters 1 through 4 now. <laughs> and we were just not even knowing why. We were just memorizing the Oh, Pretty much the whole New Testament. And walking back and forth in my living room at two in, in, in the night, two o'clock at night, just quoting scriptures to try and get them solid in my mind. That went on for years. Not even understanding it. But now the Holy Spirit has come and bringing understanding to the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit's power. Didn't know what that meant for years. Yeah. But now I do. But now I do. In Christ, I remember in the 80s, there was a big thing. People would have those posters of who I am in Christ. Cool poster. Didn't really know anything what it meant. I just thought it meant being a committed Christian, really is what I thought. But I had no idea about this way of life in Christ that is Paul taught in every church and every place is the same thing as the new covenant is the same thing as the kingdom is within you. All those scriptures that you memorized came together and painted a picture. And we just had picture after picture after picture painted by combining scriptures. It's awesome. It was. We were truly blessed. Truly, truly, truly blessed. Thanks be to God. Yes. I hope that gives you guys uh, an understanding of what new means new, not the Old Covenant 2.0. Revised. Okay, do you want to close us in prayer? Yeah, I do. Father God, thank you. I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of our calling, the riches of our inheritance, and the incomparably great power that is available to us. Christ, the power of God. Christ, the wisdom of God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The kingdom in us, the hope of glory. The certainty of success is that Jesus Christ lives in us and all of you. In Jesus' name, cement these thoughts into our hearts and minds. Amen. Ooh, I like that. Cement these thoughts. That was a good one, Bill. Thanks, you guys. We love you. Have a good night. We love you guys. Good night.